on CBS Sports Radio. Happy Saturday. A very happy weekend to you. Hopefully today, if you did work on Friday, is the start of what is a long break the rest of the year. Hopefully today was the last work day for the rest of 2023. If so, salute to you and thank you for starting your big Christmas holiday New Year break with us right here on CBS Sports Radio. So, obviously we saw um, on Thursday the news come down in baseball that the prized Japanese pitcher Yamamoto has signed with the Dodgers. Obviously, the Dodgers also have signed Shohei Otani this offseason. L.A., in one offseason on two players, has spent over a billion dollars. And if you open up to even the last few years with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and even the Tyler Glass now trade that was made also a few weeks ago, the Dodgers on five players alone are spending a, a combined $1.6 billion. Billion with a B. Insane. In order to be competitive. But if you are someone that thinks Major League Baseball needs a salary cap after what you saw at the Dodgers, you are part of the problem with baseball. The problem isn't the Dodgers spending all that money to win. The problem in baseball is that more owners than not are never going to spend money to win. That's the issue. Don't be mad at the Dodgers for doing whatever it takes to win. Be mad at your team and your owner for not having that same mindset. That is where baseball, I think, is truly flawed. There are too many owners in it, not to win it, but treating it like a business. And so they're cutting costs in order to increase revenue. Don't care about the product on the field. Don't care about being competitive. How can we make as much money as possible and we'll do whatever it takes? The Dodgers are spending money to make money. That's how every team should operate. And unfortunately, they're a rare case. But I see them spending all this money on Otani, on Yamamoto. I applaud it. And I don't think they should be punished by putting a salary cap on the sport or changing the rules because of how they spend money this offseason because what you're doing is punishing the will to win. That's exactly what you're doing. Wanting a salary cap, wanting the Dodgers to get in trouble because they're deferring all the Shohei Otani money, what you're doing is punishing the Dodgers for, for trying to win when instead we have to be punishing the owners who don't care about winning. That's the problem. That's where the focus should be. If your team wasn't able to get Yamamoto, if your team wasn't able to get Otani, or didn't even make a call, that's the problem. We have to get on owners for not trying. Not getting them is one thing. Not trying is the bigger problem. And that's why, again, instituting a salary uh, cap is, to me, not the answer um, for baseball after what we've seen this record spending from the Dodgers. Again, I have I have to salute them. I'm not a Dodgers fan. I'm a Mets fan. Yamamoto was hoping was going to be a Met. He's not. He chose the Dodgers over the Mets. Money was the same. But it's one of those where I look at the Dodgers – 
And I have nothing but respect because you know what they're doing? They are treating their team like when we were all kids growing up, like we viewed sports. I'm sure you looked at it just as I looked at it. When you were young or growing up, 8, 9, 10, you first fall in love with baseball or whatever sport, you always think, oh, well, everything they're doing is for winning. Right? Every owner is owning a team not to make money, not because it's a business, but because they want to win. So it's like free agency, well, of course they're not going to cheap out. Of course they're going to try to get every big-name free agent and extend and give the most money to every possible player because they're here to win. And then, unfortunately, as you grow up, you realize the harsh reality of, oh, well, this, the, the love for the game or being in it to win it, not a lot of owners are about that. A lot of owners are about the bottom dollar first, winning second. And that's not something you, you grow up as a kid thinking about that unfortunately you learn the hard way. But the Dodgers are right now the exception. The Dodgers are spending money like we all thought teams would when we were younger. Do whatever it takes to win. And the Dodgers deferring, what is it, $680 million dollars? of Shohei Otani's $700 million contract, deferring that until 10 years from now so they can spend money, like $325 million to get now Yamamoto on their team and only bolster their chances of winning a World Series. That is truly the definition of doing whatever it takes to win. It's frustrating that it's not my team. But with that said, I can't be mad because they are doing something that very few teams do. Trying to win. Doing whatever it takes to win. And I don't think punishing them, instituting a um, instituting some sort of salary cap is the right move. Well, I think, if anything, what should be spawned off of this Dodgers spending money like it's going out of business is a salary floor, not cap. Because again, now, that's, to me, the real solution how to get baseball more teams in it. Forget competitive. Just having more fan bases in it going into the year. Owners should be forced to spend more money, not be capped on how much money they could spend. That's what baseball has to be looking at. Because there are too many teams right now in the league that we could point to and say, oh, yeah, they're not, they're not competitive. They're not spending money. They're not trying to win. They're more worried about making a profit and a buck than they are trying to have a competitive team in the mix and trying to have their fan base believe that they have a chance. And so if you look around the league, and I could easily count up two-thirds of the league that is not willing to spend the money to win, that is problematic. That is problematic when on, on one hand, maybe... Maybe two, I could count the teams that say money's no object, we're here to win, and whatever it takes, we're willing to do. Every team should be like that. Because the the one thing I never want to hear in sports, but especially baseball, because we kind of hear this the most, are owners crying poor. Let's get one thing straight. No one is poor. There's no such thing as a poor sports owner. Everyone is rich. They're disgustingly rich. They want to portray of, oh, we're just a mom-and-pop shop here. We're just trying to keep the lights on so we can't afford Otani and Yamamoto. We can't even afford a B-minus free agent because, oh, it's little old us. 
Oh, look at us. We're in a small, medium market. We can't compete with the big dogs in New York and L.A. and Chicago and Houston. Here we are in little old Tampa. Oh, we're so poor. Help us. Putting a tin cup out on the, on the side of the road to get, you know, some quarters dropped into their jar. No one is poor, especially in baseball. Look at the system. Half of your money is revenue sharing. So half of the profits every team gets is thrown into a pool and split. So half of every team's money on a yearly basis is equal. Not to mention, again, every owner is rich, worth hundreds of millions of dollars if not billions of dollars. You can afford to get a big-time free agent. You can afford to trade and then extend a guy and give him a massive deal. No one is poor. I don't want to hear any owner, but especially in baseball, cry poor and they can't make a move because they are not rich enough or not in a big market. Nonsense. Look at the Milwaukee Bucks. Little market Milwaukee, Giannis Dame, max contracts, two of the biggest superstars in the NBA in Milwaukee. No excuse why the Rays, the A's, the Brewers can't operate the same way. It's not just the Dodgers that are allowed to spend money or the Yankees or the Mets or the Cubs. Every team in baseball can and should be doing whatever it takes to win, and that includes spending money whether it's directly on a free agent, whether it's improving your scouting department and building up your farm system, whether it's paying your guys that are already on your team and rewarding your guys with contract extensions, whatever it may be, money is never an object or should never be an object when it comes to sports teams and how they decide to win or to lose. So when you look at the Dodgers spending $700 million on Shohei, $325 million on on Yamamoto in the span of two weeks, I'm not mad. I'm jealous. I wish that was my team. But since it's not, I respect the hell out of the Dodgers for living literally every young kid's fantasy where money is not an object, where they are deferring money in order to spend more money now to get better players on their team to try to give themselves the best possible chance to win. How could I be mad about that? How could I truly be frustrated at a team going all in to win? So if you're someone today that says, that's ridiculous, that is unfair, baseball sucks because the Dodgers, they should put a salary cap because it's illegal what they're doing, manipulating the, the luxury tax to avoid paying more money and all that for agent money they're spending. Nonsense. Don't be mad at the Dodgers. Be mad at your own team. that They are not operating the same way L.A. is. That's that's where I am. As a non-Dodger fan, that's exactly how I feel. That's how every other team in the league should feel towards their team. Not frustration towards the Dodgers. Not anger, but jealousy. Why are they doing it, and how come we aren't? That should what be you know should be what is being asked, and we should be talking about a salary floor of getting owners to spend more money 
than a salary cap, which is essentially punishing owners for their will to win. I salute the Dodgers. Otani, Yamamoto, Glass now. Previous offseasons, Freeman, Betts, they're doing whatever it takes. They're throwing the money to the wall saying, screw it, we are here to win. We need more teams like that in baseball, not less. I applaud them. How do you feel about the Dodgers? Do you look at them and say, you know what? What we need in baseball is a salary cap. We need to make sure this doesn't happen again because their spending is unfair for the rest of the sport and making it unwatchable. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Are you frustrated with the Dodgers? Are you jealous of the Dodgers? Do you think what they're doing is good for baseball? Do you think what they're doing is bad for the sport of baseball? 855-212-4227. When we return here, speaking of L.A., now that they have Betts, Otani, Freeman, Kershaw, Walker Buehler coming back, Tyler Glass now, how many World Series can they truly expect in this next decade? What would be like reasonable number over under? I'll tell you my thoughts on that when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Best time of the year for Shohei Otani, for Yamamoto, and for the Dodgers. If you're a Dodger fan with how they have spent money this last month, like it's going out of style. It is Hick at Night with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. The Dodgers have been spending like madmen. And I applaud them for doing so. And I think the bigger problem in baseball is not the fact that the Dodgers are dropping $1 billion in one offseason, but instead for the fact that not more teams are spending money more freely. That, to me, is a bigger issue. That, to me, in baseball, it's like a salary floor to me, is more necessary than a salary cap. So I view a salary cap as punishing teams for trying to win and, and not allowing finances to stop them from winning, which is unfortunate. I think something we see all too often in sports, it's a bigger problem. Where in, in reality, the salary floor and not spending money, I think, is a, a bigger harm to the sport of baseball than what the Dodgers are doing right now and just going all in on winning right now. But with that said here, how much can the Dodgers expect to win? I don't think a lot. Like if, right, Otani's under contract for the next decade. So let's just say the next 10 years. How many World Series can the Dodgers expect to win? I would say one. Just one. Because baseball is a sport that, even though you spend a lot, does not guarantee that you win. Baseball is the only sport that I would say winning does not equate to direct payment. Meaning, look at the last decade. Just one time in the last 10 years has a team on opening day that had the highest payroll won the World Series that year. 2018 Red Sox. That's it. There are different ways to win games but also different ways to build your team outside of just throwing the biggest money, the biggest free agents. But with that said, it's still an investment. 
Like, you, I'm not saying everyone has to throw $700 million at Shohei Otani. What I'm saying is you got to spend money, whether it's getting the best manager, whether it's firing the manager and rehiring someone, whether it's building up your farm system, and that means paying scouts and saying, you know, we're going to go all in to make sure we have the best scouting department, making sure we have the best analytical department, making sure when we draft our players that we give them salaries that they're willing to accept and not go back to school for, which we've seen. Whether it's, you know, keeping your players like for the Orioles when they have a bunch of young players, it's extending them and making sure that they're not going anywhere. It's not directly just, hey, spend the most for agent money and you win. There are different ways you could spend money, but investment is needed on to winning. But with that said, it does not guarantee winning like we just saw with the Dodgers where you spend a billion dollars on two players in one offseason. Well, Dodgers have been number one in terms of salary payroll for a while. Doesn't mean that they won. They've won zero times, actually. They've had the highest payroll in baseball on opening day the last decade. But going back to the, at least the original point of, you look at the Dodgers, do you have a problem with how they've spent their money? Is their spending bad for baseball? Do you think a salary cap is what is needed after this billion-dollar spending spree we saw the last few weeks from L.A.? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Richard is calling from San Diego. What up, Richard? How are you? We're hanging in, man. How you doing? Well, I totally, uh, I totally just, it's not a matter of disagreeing with you. I think you, as a fan, if you were, projecting what you're saying as a fan you're fine that's fine but but let's look at some of the the cities okay the reason why the nfl is king is because of the fact that a green bay can be as competitive as the la teams or you know uh because you have this finite amount of money and revenue and granted it's once a week they play you know what 17 games i get that part but let's go to baseball right and you're right as a fan in la i'd love that but guess what you're cleveland uh you're the chicago on the on the south side of chicago the white Sox. uh you know you go on detroit uh all these other cities cincinnati they don't have the revenue that the Dodgers have. You might say, well, so what? Well, if you come with that logic, there's really going to be, it's going to be just a few teams that compete. And it, uh, it just let's take an example of Milwaukee. They don't, I don't know what their exact revenue is, but they're in a, in a market where they don't have the television revenue. Uh, and I'm talking about local uh, like television networks that an LA has LA, the Dodgers are owned by, you probably know this, right? The Guggenheim group. Mm-hmm. And they're a hedge fund. They've got like, they're worth about $25 billion. So they have the wherewithal financially to do what they're doing. Actually, the irony is the Dodgers weren't really even spending any kind. I mean, they went out and got a uh, Mookie bets uh, and they got Freddie Freeman but before that, they weren't really spending. They were just kind of, you know, saying they won the, the uh, pandemic uh, World Series in 20. But other than that, they won, you know, uh, 
the, uh, the divisions, but they haven't really won World Series since, I believe, what? Uh, 88? Oakland, what? 88, yeah. So, and I want you to, I want, I have a question for you too, so I don't, I hope you don't cut me off. If well, I what's continue. your question? Well, you're saying, oh, I, you know, I want them, you know, that's great, great, great. Those teams that are in the small markets, it's like, look at, look at Pittsburgh. I mean, they have no hope. And I don't mean that like, you know, like, like uh, yeah. the, the, there's a, uh, uh, an exception. And that's where I'm in San Diego. Well, I was just going to say, they, well, but wait a minute. That that owner, he's now deceased. That owner, individually, is very wealthy, and he went out and spent, spent, and spent. But how many guys like that? But Richard, that's what you just said is exactly my point. And I, I, we could talk about market size. And thank you for the call. There, everybody is rich. Like I'm not like I'm. I don't understand how if you can how people can make excuses for the owners. You just said right. You made my point perfect. You are calling from a smaller market in San Diego who said, my owner, unfortunately, R.I.P., did pass away, but spent a lot of money because he was rich. All of these guys are rich. They all have net worths hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. There is no excuse why they can't spend money. You could talk about, all oh, their TV deal is so small. Again, half the money is revenue shared. Half of it. So you're, you're, it's not like you're sitting there, you know, pinching pennies here because, oh, wow, you get no money. You're getting half of everyone is starting off halfway the same. Number one. Number two, again, you got to be rich to buy a team. What are we talking about here? The Angelos family, one of the richest families in baseball. They spend money. John Fisher of the A's, one of the richest owners. I'm looking at right now, this corner Yahoo Finance. The guy's worth $2 billion. You can't spend money to, to put a team together? I, I can't sit here and make excuses as to why owners aren't spending money because they're in a small market. You got to be rich to buy these teams. These team values are only going up. If you can't yourself spend the money, Sell the team. Owning a team, by the way, is not a right. It's a privilege. So if you it's you can't afford to do it, sell you should be forced to sell the team. I get realistically that's never going to happen because the owners run the sport and they're not going to exile themselves one day if they get into a situation where they can't afford to spend or whatever and they get kicked out. I get. That, that claim right there is a fantasy land claim. That owners should be forced to sell if they don't spend money. But the excuses as to why are comical. Because there are no excuses. They want to sell you, we have no money. That ain't the case. They have plenty of other businesses. You're making money owning a team. Every sports league is only going up. Every single team's evaluation, according to Forbes, is only going up. Spend the money. There's, to me, there's, there's no excuse. Brody's calling from Texas. What up, Brody? Hey, hey how's it going, Ryan? Uh, just on the way back from work. Nice, man. Appreciate you tuning in. What's on your mind? 
Oh, dude, I'm just saying I could not agree with you anymore. Honestly, I I genuinely believe there should be a minimum to uh, the salary. I agree. As opposed as opposed to a maximum. And like you said, the owners they run the league, so they probably won't ever you know agree on something like that unless the commissioner and the players association really hammered down. But uh, I digress. But the idea that Oakland pays people so, so little, and yet they're going to go through the billions and billions of dollars of investment that it takes to move their franchise over to Las Vegas, where nobody in Las Vegas cares about baseball or, like, have any commitment to the Oakland athletics. That is a uh, that is a town for you know, party goers and tourists. And some people would like to go see an NFL game to a team that they don't really support just for the spectacle of it all. But mostly only avid baseball fans are going into baseball games. So even from a business decision, it doesn't make any sense to me. I I just, uh, yeah, yeah, I just, it's, it's just, Seven, seven different layers of stupid. I, pro- I agree. I appreciate the call, buddy. It's like just going back to what Richard in San Diego was saying, like about like owners and kind of what you're saying too. When it, like, I'm looking right now again. Yahoo Sports. Is, this article is written on October 28th, 2023. So pretty updated. Yahoo, right? We can all agree is a pretty reputable uh, outlet. They have the net worth of Bob Nutting, the Pirates owner. At $1.1 billion. His net worth is tied for the 18th highest in baseball. So he is in the bottom tier, if you will, of owners when it comes to wealth. He is worth $1.1 billion. I don't want to hear, I got no money. Small market. Part of it is you got to spend money to make money. And if you want to use I'm poor as an excuse. You should be forced to sell the team. You are a problem. You are a problem. It's unfair to anyone in Pittsburgh that any given year, because where they live, their their owner's not going to try to compete because they are already having a cop out of, oh, I'm in Pittsburgh. I can't compete, so sorry. Sorry, folks. Not going to be any free agent. We're not going to put a, you know, a competitive team together, and you're going to have to deal with it. Oakland is losing a team. It's stupidity. It's ridiculousness. And it's flat out wrong. Henry's call from Massachusetts. What's going on, Henry? Yeah, I wanted to um, mention uh, Dennis Eckersley. I don't know if you remember the uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, A long time ago, they used to work out here, right here in Waltham on Lexington Street at the Waltham Athletic Club. Uh, Jim Corsi was there. Uh, Matt, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dennis Eckersley, and um, the four of us uh, used to work out, and uh, we really enjoyed it. But uh, my question is, what do you think Eckersley would be worth on this market as it is now? And don't forget, there is the death of baseball. Uh, all our communities are losing their fields. There's two topics. That I was hoping I don't I didn't want to get cut off, but but you're, you're uh, as, are you asking what Dennis Eckersley would go for as a free agent now? 
Right this minute, yes. Why? Why, why does that matter? Well, just to give you an idea that what they got, uh, even, you know, my dentist was Jim Longport. You remember him? Well, if you're trying to compare salaries in, no, ni- in the saying, 1980s so little, versus after, now. He's only making about 75000 a year or something like that. What does so, that have to do with current day? Well, when he retired, he had to become a dentist. Okay, that's uh, okay. So, so now what you're, you're saying that? And he said he wasn't paid the kind of money that they have today. If he w- was uh, playing today, so he could probably what's your make point? Uh, maybe ten million a year. Cool. Okay. And for, I mean, that's like everyone, though. Yeah, but if I'm you were born in the '50s, what I'm doing now, what you're doing now, you're not getting paid the same amount. In, if you were born in 1950 compared to where you know you're working now, that's part of changing with the times, right? I, I don't really understand. I guess Henry, thank you for the call. Like. I, I don't – I guess you're trying to defend the owners because now the median salary is increased. Okay, but also the profits are increased. The owners today are not getting the same profits they were getting in 1980. It's common economics. Everything is going up. Profits, expenses, going up. It's all relevant to the – time you're in you'd make a fantastic accountant no i wouldn't that's a sad part i took one accounting class at penn state and i'm like i was i spent way longer than i should studying just to barely get out of that with a c math is not my strong suit trying to balance checkbooks is not my thing but i don't that's what we're arguing uh that's just an awful argument i'm sorry if you're trying to defend owners that's an awful argument as to why they are off the hook if you want to talk about the median or average salary uh, in baseball today compared to 1980. Let's talk about the average revenue in 1980 for owners compared to today. I think it may change your tune a little bit. All right, it is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll continue to take your thoughts here. Is Do you have a problem with how the Dodgers have acted? Is it bad for baseball? Does MLB need to institute, in your opinion, a salary cap? To prevent what the Dodgers did from happening again going forward. 855-212-4227. We also have a Christmas-themed 3 at 3 coming your way next. All of that right here. Hick and Night. Ryan Hickey, CBS Sports Radio. A Christmas-themed 3 at 3 coming your way here slowly or slowly. I think the song's still in my mind. Shortly there. But we are finishing at least wrapping up right now on... um. On our discussion this hour about how the Dodgers have spent and what that means now for the rest of the league. I don't think a salary cap is needed after this. Because I think for me, a salary cap punishes teams that are willing to spend to win. That is a good thing. Because not enough teams and not enough owners, I think, do that in in baseball. So I'm not going to sit here and say... We should put a salary cap on the on in the sport because the Dodgers are ruining it. No. More teams should be like the Dodgers. And I think our anger, or I should say your anger, because I don't really have any, towards LA, your anger should be directed not at the Dodgers, but at your own team for not acting that way. 855-212-4227. Tony's calling from H-Town. What up, Tony? What's up, man? How you doing, brother? We are living, Tony. Hopefully you are, too. I am, man. I got to say something about that. First of all, the Dodgers got the revenue. They got the market. They got all that. 
And, you know, of course, Houston is considered like a mid-sized market, right, for baseball. Even though it's a major city, it's a mid-sized market for baseball. But there's Otani and the other guy getting all that money, guaranteed they're going to win. They haven't even been out of the National League uh, playoffs in the last, what, four years? Outside of 2020, they've not been in the World Series since it was 2018. Okay, there you go. Now, the New York Yankees had the same problem, don't they? Yes. They took one of our free agents, Gary Cole. Yes. But the thing is, I agree with you on the general managers and the owners should, with the owners should spend the money, but they want to win. You know, at any cost, they want to win. But I see how Baltimore and how Houston has built their teams off their farm system. And they're winning. They're, right. They're, you know, they're, they're winning. So, but that's it's also like a double, like, it's it, like a double standard. No, it speaks to my point, Tony. Like, it's not just luck. Like, I think scouting, I appreciate the call. Like, you've got to put work into it. Scouting in baseball may be the, the toughest one. There is a million baseball players. I mean, that the baseball draft is so long. The international draft, like, it's not just as simple as, oh, I'm going to take this guy. It's obvious. He's the best player. He's the best pitcher. He's the best third baseman. You need, like, you need great scouts to find diamonds in the rough to get those later on picks to hit, to hit on multiple guys in each draft. You're calling from Houston. You know, and they tanked, which... Worked for them. I don't think it's the best exactly strategy for baseball or teams going forward because especially with baseball, when you're three or four years removed from the draft to being called up to the majors, tanking I don't think is the best strategy, but it worked for the Astros. For the Angels, right? Uh, for the Orioles, excuse me, they drafted very well, and now they are now reaping the rewards of that. The draft is not obvious. I mean, look at the NFL, way different, right? But we watch a lot of college football. We know who is good, who is bad. There's only seven rounds in the NFL draft. So you only get seven picks each year. Yet, so many GMs swing and miss on most picks. Like, if you hit, like, two or three guys on average per draft, you are killing it in the draft. Baseball is like 100 rounds. And you got to develop them three or four years at a time to get them up to the majors. Like, it's not as simple as, oh, develop your farm system. That's a cheap way to do it. You need to invest in great scouting. In international scouting. that like That's where I'm talking about spending the money. It's not just in free agency. I'm not saying every team should have spent $700 to bring Shohei Otani in. I am saying every team should spend money to win. Whether that is free agency, the draft, scouting, paying your own guys. There are di- managers, GMs. Spending money is spending money. I'm not telling you where to spend it, how to spend it. I'm just saying you should spend it. All right. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio, a theme we do each and every Saturday morning, three at three, usually three thoughts from yours truly, and a different theme though today with a little Christmas feel. The man who is obsessed with the number three. Three is a magic number. Uh, Trey, Trey Hickey. He like that's his self-given nickname. T-R-E-S is in three in Spanish. Gives you three thoughts, three opinions, three observations at 3 a.m. That's a magic number. Let's go inside the brain of Ryan Hickey at Ryan underscore Hickey. 
and the number three on Twitter. And see what's going on in there. It's time for Three at Three. So the music in this case is not Christmas themed, but we're going to do some Christmas themed rapid fire questions here. Some Christmas themed rankings as a big day is just two days away. Nico Scarlatos with some thoughts as well. All right, Nico, favorite Christmas movie? Mine, The Santa Claus, Tim Allen. I'm not a big Christmas movie guy, to be honest with you. Like, Elf is right up there in the running, but it's a classic. It's one that anytime it's on, I'll stop and watch. Give me The Santa Claus, the original. I'm not a big fan of the sequels, the original. That's the one. Good choice. I think I have to go with a, a top Christmas movie that a lot of people love. So I hope this isn't too mainstream of an answer. But how about Elf? Will Ferrell? I mean, come on. Classic. classic. That's like two for me. I'm with you. It's funny. It's not one, two that like gets old, if you will. Like when you watch when you're 10, it's funny. But now when you're 25, it's not. Or when you're an adult, it's not. I still think it is funny. So I, I love that one. Thomas Classic, Will Ferrell. Can't go wrong there. Favorite Christmas TV episode. This one for me, it's easy. This is one of the best episodes I think ever created in TV, period, let alone Christmas-themed. It's got to be Seinfeld, and it's got to be the Festivus one. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. I mean, there's nothing better. The poll, the human fun, come on. Give me Festivus. All right, are you a friend's fan i am not no no that's really disappointing to hear um i'm gonna go with the holiday armadillo episode when ross when ross dresses up and chandler shows up wearing santa claus uh classic episode one of my favorites i when i was looking it up i did see that was a very popular one Uh, i feel like i don't know i feel like maybe this is just me and again i'm a weird guy so maybe that's this is just a me problem i feel like you're neither an office fan or the or a friend's fan I went the office route. Yeah, I'm not too big into the office, and I love friends. Missing out. I think you chose wrong. I think you chose wrong, Nico. Favorite Christmas song? You played it earlier. This is the one that anytime it's on, I'll stop what I'm doing. Maybe not bust a move to, but sing, uh, listen to it the whole time. Give me Jingle Bell Rock. Come on. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. Classic. Call Lassic. I'll let, I don't know who sings it. I'm awful artist, so I'll let him sing it. But you get the idea. Nico? All right, I'm going with another mainstream one, but just because it's it's so good, we got to bring in Mariah Carey. Am I right? <sighs> Listen to the high note, too. On point. She is tremendous. I am starting to get sick of that song. It's getting too cliche for me. It is a little mainstream, but it's it's so good. It, it can never get old to me. It's it's starting to get ruined, not by Mariah, but by everyone else for playing it over and over and over and freaking out like it's the first time they ever heard it. All right, really fast here to finish off. Not that there's like specific Christmas foods, so that's a little different, but... One thing around this time that I eat only around the Christmas time that I go nuts for every time, it's like peppermint chocolate combos. Whether it's peppermint chocolate bark, um, at Trader Joe's they have like these peppermint chocolate JoJo's, which is like basically an Oreo with chocolate with a chocolate shell with like peppermint in it. Oh, 
I will, I don't, I'm not like a mint chocolate guy, but for whatever reason, peppermint and chocolate around this time, I go crazy for. So good. So good. Oh my goodness. I actually got to buy more before they go out of stock and before this, the season ends. And then I go back to just normal chocolate and normal mint separate. All right, that is 3-3 three, three right here on Hick at Night. When we return, let's talk some NFL. The game I'm most excited for, Cowboys at the Dolphins. Who has more pressure to have a better game on Sunday? Is it Dak or is it Tua? I'll give you my answer next. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here, CBS Sports Radio.